Hey, everybody. My name is Rob Shear, and I'm the founder of a national nonprofit called Comfort Cases. I'm also an advocate for children in our foster care system, a public speaker, an author of a book, A Forever Family. But most importantly, I am the father of four amazing children. Hi, I'm Dana McKay, and I saw Rob on The Ellen Show, and when I realized his organization was based right here where I live, I knew I had to get involved. I'm also a social media consultant, a radio host, a podcast producer, and a mother of two children. See, our country's foster care system is shattered, and this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, changing the system, and changing the lives of children in care. Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rob Shear, and welcome to Fostering Change. You know, when Dana and I first um, decided to do a podcast, actually, I think I said to Dana, oh, my gosh, i got to do a podcast with you. Um, you know, we one of the things that we always wanted to make sure we focused on is um, how we make change within our community. And I think it's very, very important that change starts with each one of us. But one thing I think is so important is we say this quite often at Comfort Cases, is that hashtag kids helping kids. Kids helping kids. You know, I was just recently at a school preparing for the school to start, and I was talking to teachers and, and guidance counselors, and I and I informed them that we as a generation, and most of them were my age, you know, yep, I'm old. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that I hate to tell you all this, but we failed. We truly failed when it came to the foster care system. And so for me, I hope, and by the way, this that entire um, speech that I was giving was all about legacy. And I said, for me, I'm hoping that our legacy that, that we leave is to teach kids more and more that kids helping kids is how we're not going to fail. So welcome. Welcome so much. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yes. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. So I'd like to know a little bit about you, okay? I'm going to talk to your mom in a minute because, you know, I know your mom. I love the fact I get to call her my friend. But I want to know about you. I want to know about a couple of things. Number one, um, when did you start? And by the way, if you guys have not followed her mom or have heard her um, her daughter's amazing voice. Um, by the way, I love the fact just recently that when you put on a video. Oh, hope you told her that she had a video out. Yeah, that she you, knows. Okay, yeah. You know. I, I definitely <laughs> tell them. Otherwise, they're like, why do people know what I'm doing where I am? Like, you oh, were singing in the car. Your brother was, I think your brother was playing soccer and it was raining or something. And oh, yeah. Yes, and you got in the car and your mom videotaped you singing and I will tell you I watched that video so many times because your voice it it's it's an angel you just have a beautiful voice so tell me tell me a little bit about yourself um my name is Nina Kelt I am 10 years old I love to sing I play sports I have two siblings and I love doing charity work you love doing charity work so tell me a little bit about what got you involved in wanting to do charity work What got me involved? When I was about five years old, my mom first introduced me to an organization called Touching Heart. And the first um, event I did was um, Fashion for Foster. Mm -hmm. And it was a fashion show at a mall local near... um, Somewhere in the area, Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. And um, we were raising money for foster care. And so, you know, it was like a fashion show at the mall. And so they work closely with Macy's to have this cute clothes and music and photographers. And, and 
Nina was asked to be one of the organizers. And at five years old, I mean, she was just a kid. Okay, let's face it, she's five. But the girl rose to the challenge. I mean, she went ahead, the other two girls were about 12, so it was three organizers. And as an organizer, you're really running the show is what Touching Heart tries to do. So you don't just show up and do what the adults say that you should do. You have meetings and you say, well, who's going to talk first and what is this going to look like? And how do you want your little models to walk? And who are we inviting and what are we trying to do here? Oh, we're trying to raise money. And so they really empower the kids to understand an event, how you put one on, what's the purpose of it. And Nina was involved in that at age five. And she's very proud. She says, Mom, go ahead. She says, I'm really proud because I was the only one that... That didn't need a script to talk <laughs> um, about foster care during the fashion show. I mean, we had teacher about it, of course, but mm-hmm. but at some point we it, stopped the show to thank everyone. Hey, this is why we're here. This is what we're doing. And each girl had their part to say. And then, you know, Nina had a paper. She was only five, so I don't even think she could really read that well. But we <laughs> talked about it in the car, and then she just went ahead and said, well, this is why we're here, and this is why we're doing, and we thank you all for coming, and whatever else she said. But <laughs> I thought, wow. She's not afraid of, like, speaking in front of all these people at the mall. And also, I really think she's getting it at five. Yeah. Because she's talking about why we're here, what we're doing. And that was cool. So that was at five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing. That's very impressive. Yeah. I I, I will tell you the the, Okay. So a couple questions with that. Number Mm -hmm. one, you're five years old. And I do believe that that is a gift. You know, for the longest time, I never thought that. See, as a business guy Mm -hmm. who sat behind a desk for 25 years, by the way, who did not speak in front of people, besides my employees staff meeting that I would hold, I'd never gotten up and given a speech. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to all of a sudden get up and give a speech when I started about five years ago, I people used to come to me and say, Oh, my God, that's a gift that Mm -hmm. you can and I was always like, Really? And like I, so I get it. It is truly a gift. Mm-hmm. But what I want to know from you is at that young age, mm-hmm. okay, at that young age, at the age of five, when your mom and dad, you know, and by the way, I mean, you, you did not have to do this. You didn't have to, to be that five-year-old who wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. But at the age of five, and now you're 10, and, yes. and you really have grown a lot mm-hmm. um, and learned so much. What did you think when you heard that children who um, have, for one reason or another, are in foster care? What did, what, do you remember what you thought about that and, and how it... It made me feel really sad that kids in foster care didn't have the same opportunities that I had. And I really felt that there is no difference. Everyone is a child who grows up to be an adult, and it's really just a matter of luck that you have. No child wants to be born into any situation that isn't a good one, and it's just a matter of luck that you have. That's amazing. (laughs) Just that you have that much insight and understanding into such an adult, mature, grown-up topic. It's just awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really that for what you just said, you're exactly right. Now every child is the same mm-hmm. and it is truly the luck of how you're born into mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guarantee you that, you know, no child that I at least no child I've ever met, um, you know, that has been in a situation of foster care, yeah. um, or have experienced homelessness or, you know, not having school supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're at we're at a time where, you know, school is starting for most people and, you know, 
it, it is it is luck. It is, you know, and, and I think that from what I see, you seem like a very humble young lady and yes, and sir. um and that you realize that, you know, you you happen to to be born and to a family that has been able to support you and love you and, and but what I love the most is that they have also taught you, you know, mm-hmm. what your purpose is what your purpose is, you know? And for me, I think purpose is so important that it is for us to give back. It is yes. to, for us to give back, mm-hmm. you know, no matter or not. And I try to tell people all the time, this isn't a religious show. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own beliefs, their own, you know, I mean, you would be surprised, Dana and I believe so differently in so many ways, but I do believe that we're all put on this earth to serve, Yes, to serve. And that means to serve each other each other so 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 tell me a little bit more about about this organization that you seem and by the way you seem to still support this organization <laughs> tell me about this organization this organization is a nonprofit called touching heart and they really help to empower kids and teach kids the joy of giving back to other children too so they give children the opportunity to create their own event for example, whatever they like to do, say a kid likes video games, he could say, well, I want a video game event. And so everyone that comes to that video game event will pay like $5 maybe, and all of that money will go back to any organization he like. It could go back to kids with disabilities, homeless shelters, foster care, any organization. Wow. That's pretty amazing to take, you know, the things that kids already like to do and turn them into a way to give back. I love that. Yeah. I, I By the way, I did not, besides knowing your mom, I, I really haven't seen much about that organization. And I think, is it a local organization only for your county or state or is it national? It is national, actually, at High schools, there's um, like junior board committees that you can sign up to do, and it's with Touching Heart. And you just, yeah. No, just like Rob, just like your nonprofit, it starts mm-hmm. with a person with a dream, a passion, a desire, and then it grows. So it just started with a woman. She lives in Chantilly. She's a great friend of mine, and her daughter is where it started. She had a birthday party one year and said, well, Mom, instead of gifts, I don't need gifts. What if, what if my friends just gave to a charity? Which is more common these days. It's not like we haven't heard of that. But back then, that was like 15 years ago. I was going to say, we did not hear yeah, about that it was from like, back yeah. then. Yeah, <laughs> really different. And her friends came, and they all... What Helen, the founder, noticed, her name is Helen Yee, what she noticed was the girls got really into it. I'm going to go through Disney Gives Back. I'm going to go through this. And it was like the kids were really excited about this idea of giving back. And it they all came with their little forms from their nonprofits to go, here's my gift. Look, I gave to this chair. And so the mom thought, wow, these, these girls really got into it. They really enjoyed it. And that's where it started. It was this whole joy of giving back. And so she... And her daughter started this nonprofit together something like, you know, many years ago. It's now national. Wow. Uh, what is his name? Terry Crews, the actor, just joined the board. Really? You know, from oh, America's wow. Got Talent. Yeah. Yeah, because he's friends with Ken Harvey, former Redskins player, who's on the board. And they were friends from football days. And so just like yourself, you, you start out this way. You have these loving volunteers, passionate people who help along the way. You grow, you grow, you grow, you grow. And then you grow. And so her goal is to make this nationally. And it's all about sort of teaching that emotional intelligence. Kids go to school, they're going to learn academics. Um, But are we teaching, you know, empathy? Because, you know, for some kids, it comes. For most kids where we live, how do you foster that when it's just 
It's all about me, my sports, my birthday parties, my stuff, my stuff, my, my, you cannot, you almost can't blame a child that they don't, they're not very other centered because your parents are all about you. Right. you, 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 you know? And so I think Helen's goal, I don't want to speak for her, but I know her well. I'm on the advisory board over there with touching heart. And, and so I'm feel very passionately about it. Plus I have my kids going, I'm all about what you're doing. I want my kids to be involved in this. I love it. And so, but yeah, it's all about teaching empathy. And we were talking about that on the, the way over here. <laughs> Sympathy, which is wonderful, and then empathy. Yeah. And why that's important. What do you think, Nina? What, the, the difference there. Sympathy and then empathy. It's one thing to have sympathy when you feel sorry for someone or something. But it's another thing when you have empathy and you make an action into doing something about that. Wow. How does she again? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I said it's about putting yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, right? That's the difference. Sometimes yeah. we feel bad. Oh, man, that's so sad. Turn the channel. Right. And then sometimes you go, oh, my God, that could be me. Yeah. Or, you know, and then when you feel that could so easily be me, then you go, well, I've got to do something. Right. You know? You know, so you, you clicked on a couple of things for me because, you know, it, it is you, you talked about the students at school and how we do teach academics. And, and we understand that that's so important. Um, but I also think that we we and I want to say we because I, I think we've all done this in our own our own time is as parents. We have failed when it comes to teaching that empathy part. Um, and I know my generation, you know, I, I never remember a birthday party where anybody ever said, you know, don't bring me a present donate to this charity or don't bring me a present. Let's make comfort cases or let's just do something for someone else. But I'm seeing a little turn in that. But what I do think that is important for us as parents and all of our educators out there who are listening in, all the teachers who are getting ready to go back to school, um, I, I think we need to start talking about this more in our classrooms. Absolutely. I mean, what better leaders of tomorrow would we have if people were other centered? Yeah. You know what I mean? Leaders can only go so far when you're just self-centered. You know, you might be really great at leading an organization, but are you, are you really thinking about your employees and those you serve and they're, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a total paradigm shift from being self-centered, which serves people very well in all forms of their life. You can have the big house and the big company and the success and all that stuff. Um, but it's that, sort of other centeredness that takes people to the next level. And if I just feel like if you can teach that to a child, then that's who they are. You know, it's not just this like checkbox, like, yeah, I got an A. You know, it's just who they are, other centered. And, you know, it's just an elevated human being that's going to make a difference. It's a difference between someone who's going to make a difference and not. Right. You're either going to be a self-centered person and you might not be a horrible, mean, self-centered person. It's just... Maybe no one taught you. Maybe you never had the opportunity. Maybe it's just always been focused on you. And maybe you've only, only been focused on your own success. doesn't right. mean you're a horrible human. Right. But if you teach someone empathy and the joy of giving, then they like it. They enjoy it. And they want to do more. And then it's who you are, I think. You know, I think that that's a big debate question where we talk about can empathy be taught? Mm. You know, I've heard people reach out to me through social media. And again, you can find us at comfortcases.org through all of our Facebook pages and Instagram. And, you know, we want to open up these conversations. And I have had recently, I've, I had, was speaking to someone and someone said to me in their viewpoint that empathy cannot 
be taught. Hmm. And I don't agree with that. Hmm. I I think that Dana, what do you what do you feel on that? No, I don't agree with that at all. And I think when you when you teach kids, especially starting young, because if you try to start when they're teenagers, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you know they've already maybe developed some selfish habits and it's hard to convince them. But if you start when they're really young, teaching them to give back and empathy and all that, I think you can definitely shape a child's personality and their heart and how they feel about other people. It can definitely be taught. And I think when it comes to teaching stuff in schools, like look at all the bullying problems we have. And so teaching empathy would help with all of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Empathy is understanding, you know, sympathy is like, I feel bad for you. Like that's your situation. Empathy is like understanding. And when we understand then we're not so afraid of the situation, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, I think it totally can be taught, you know, and, and you know, kids are all different, right? Right. Kids are naturally like Nina's naturally thoughtful. Her, her dad's like that. It, she's born that way, you know? And then I have a son who's an amazing kid, but you know, he's a boy and he's naturally like, you know, when are you signing me up for the next boy? You know, he thinks right. more about himself. It's not a bad person. It's just who he is. He's right. a boy. And, and I feel like it's my job. Slow it down. It's not always about you. You know, we took him, we went on a family trip to the Philippines to see my extended family. And we also went to a, a, a home there, an orphanage there. And he made friends with this boy who, um, is 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 mute right so they don't know if i don't think he's actually deaf he just doesn't speak right whatever um his situation and my son played with him all day long we're back in the states this was two two summers ago he still can't stop talking about his friend and i feel like that was him learning some empathy him going oh i see myself in this kid they're the same age they're both philip my sons we're filipino right he looks like this kid and there he is playing basketball with a kid who didn't speak but they played great together. And I know that made an impact on my son's heart. You know, whereas, again, Nina at five is going, it's great to give. I love to give. It's fun to give, right? For my son or any other person in this planet where that's not the most natural thing, the goal is to teach them by placing him in that situation and going, what do you think? Take a look around. Right. You could be here. Look at this kid. That right. could be you. He looks like you. So you know? for for those of you who don't know, you know, um, you used to be Mrs. And 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 I need to know about about titles because we just oh, had right. Mrs. United Miss Miss Little U- Miss United States. Little oh. Miss United States was here. Um, do you do you always get to keep that title? Absolutely, and I'm holding on to that till I'm 95. <laughs> uh, what it is is I will always be Mrs. DC America 2015. That's how you say it. So, like, no okay. one will ever be Mrs. DC America 2015, but there will be 2016 and 2015. What made you decide? Okay, so this is an amazing question. What made you decide to to be in a pageant? And by the way, you're not in pageants, are you? I actually did a pageant two years ago. And what did you think? It was a lot of fun, but right. a lot of work, too. A lot of work. And it was something that you decided you wanted to focus your energy somewhere else and not be in pageants? Mm-hmm. I decided that each summer I wanted to do an event rather than to do a pageant. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we have such an awful concept when it comes to pageants, yes. okay? And I and I was educated, sure. you know, I've been educated thanks to you, and I've been educated to some of my other friends. I remember when I was first asked to judge a pageant, and I was like, are you kidding me? Right. I was like, you know, this is just... 
But I learned yes. about these amazing, strong women mm -hmm. who use this platform to bring awareness of a cause, mm -hmm. maybe help pay for college, yep. maybe help further their education. But the platforms are what really, really impressed me. Mm -hmm. So tell me a Absolutely. little bit about what was your platform? Yeah. So my platform at the time was empowering women through entrepreneurship, because I felt that when you, when you support women, then communities thrive. That was as simple as it is, right? We need to support more women for so many reasons. But I just feel like when you support women to pursue whatever it is she wants to pursue, even if it is being the best mom she could be, and you just support other women, then that trickles down to your kids, to the communities, to everything. And of course, everything's better because women rule the world, right? So we need more of that. <laughs> but so when I did it, Rob, I never did it in my life. I was an older woman. You know what I mean? I was a married mom and everything. And I never heard of a Mrs. Pageant. Never heard of it. Was not on my radar. But someone brought it to my attention. And I'm just the kind of person that's kind of like, hmm, maybe. What is it? You know, like, this is cool. Why not? You know? And I kind of thought, okay. If I don't win, won't care. Never heard of it. And if I do, I mean, I won't, probably won't. Who knows? Whatever. Don't care. That was what I thought. So it was more like, it wasn't like, why did he do it? It was like, why not? So you know, wait a minute, not? wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. So you're telling me that that was your first pageant? Yes. Yes. My and first, you won. And I won. <laughs> and so you know that picture, that that, that famous, oh, I'm covering my mouth, I can't believe it. I was really like, oh, oh my gosh. Whoa. What? First, I, in my mind, I was going, what does this mean? What did I just sign myself up for? I didn't really think too hard about it. I think I signed up in January. The pageant was in March. So there was not a lot of time preparation. I didn't know. I never did this before. I just was like, I need a dress. I can do that. I'll go work out some more, <laughs> you know? And then I remember the director said, well, you need a platform. What is your platform? And I thought, well, I'm all about empowering women. So it'll probably be something like empowering women through business, empowering, you know, supporting women. She said, perfect. If that's what you're passionate about, then that's what it should be. And then it was amazing because when I won, it ended up, and in being in the D.C. area is thrilling because there are so many events. And no one was inviting, like, Elaine, the mom from Ashburn to events, but people were inviting Mrs. D.C. America. Can you please come to our charity event and give out this award? Can you give the greeting? Can you do this? And it opened me up, honestly, Rob, to a world of nonprofits that I, I had only done my own volunteering here and there. But I had never been in that world of wow, these are big time events and charities and, and wow, this is wonderful and exciting and, and really great. And that was sort of my entrance into doing more of that on a larger scale, if you will, you know? Um, and then from there, it turned into more of like speaking to different groups about confidence, especially girls and things like that. And then um, it was just wonderful. And it just really opened the door for me to show my kids, listen, if you have a voice and that's, what I love about you, Rob, it's uh, my favorite, just just what draws me to you is that when you talk, and everyone knows this, right? Everyone who's ever met Rob or heard him speak is, he moves you. When you speak, it's passionate. It's passionate, it's honest, it's real, and then it creates change. It's not like someone hears you and, and goes, oh, well, that was like amazing, but move on. People go, how can I help you? I like what you said. I like, I can feel your energy I'm yours. What do you want me to do? You want me to call every social service person and where did you say? In Oregon. Nevada, it's Oregon? true. It's so true. <laughs> right? Yep. That's why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It, you know, and so I felt like this is a, the, having a platform is a, is an amazing opportunity 
to spread a message. And that's what I learned about pageantry. Myself, I thought the same thing everyone else thought. Okay, it's some ladies in the bathing suit who looks the best. I don't know, whatever. You know, you don't know. That's what I thought too. That's what it was in the 70s, 80s, 90s, well, on the TV shows, you know. But then I'm part of it and you go, wow, some of these ladies have started nonprofits. Some of these ladies have raised $50,000 for homeless shelters in their states. These ladies are amazing. They're well-spoken and they look like a million bucks. And that doesn't hurt when you're asking for more donations or for this or for that, you know? And I thought, oh my gosh, these women are amazing. And I can say with entire certainty that it has been nothing but the most wonderful blessing to my life that I was part of that. I just feel that um, it's just like anyone who wants to volunteer their time, guess what? Women in pageantry are doing service. You know, you might, yes, you might get money, which I did not, but for young girls who get scholarship money, that's wonderful. It helps them get through scholarship, you know, through school, uh, through school, but they also do service. Yeah. They do a lot of good and that's a beautiful thing. So, so we have, um, we have our little ambassador and, um, she's, um, she happens to be little miss United States. She just gave her title up. Um, they just crowned the new, um, little miss United States in, in Vegas. And so, um, she just gave the title up, but she is on our, she is one of our little ambassadors. And so she goes all over her state. She's in West Virginia and she goes all over her state and she talks about kids who are in the system and how we all should do better. And, um, you know, so the platform is so important, but I'm telling you, I'm still in the total awe stage of, I thought you were raised with pageants. Right. I mean, I've, I've seen your video. I've, I've been following you for years now. I did not know. I learned something new. I thought, and what I, what I love is that you chose to do this and you've done this one time mm-hmm. and um, you, you've moved on and, you know, you have an amazing career. But I love the fact that your daughter, you know, has seen this confident woman who happens to be her mother who made a decision to do something that, you know, hey, this is so out of my box. Right. And she tried it as well and yeah. said, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. But I'm going to do this. Right. I'm going to do this. Right. You know, right. I love that. So you're 10 years old. I want to know, and this is, I know you have many, many, many years to, to, to think about this, but what do you want to do when you grow up? When I grow up, I want to be a pediatric dentist. Well, she already knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Yeah, no. yeah. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Ever. As a matter of fact, she had a dentist appointment this morning. Now, she's always, she's been saying this for over a year, but last night she said, I just can't wait for my dental appointment. I feel so relaxed there. I love it there. She pulls out her sister's teeth. Like, I'm not, I don't like that. Do you? Do you? Who does the No, tooth? no, that, I leave that for my husband Same. to do. You know, I mean, I even though I love my dentist and um, I love my teeth. And, um, but I will tell you how the importance of taking care of your teeth, you know, as kids who are in the system, they're not even given a toothbrush. And mm-hmm. so um, I always tell people all the time, my beautiful pearly whites, they cost me an arm and a leg. Mm. Um, because as a young boy, um, I think I was... 18 before I had ever gone to a dentist. Um, but um, my children's pediatric dentist, who I absolutely love her so, so, so much. Um, I, my son, Makai, who is going to be 13 in December, has never had a cavity. Oh, way to go, Makai. He has never had a cavity. and But what I have learned is this dentist has taught me is that we're all 
we're all structured differently with our teeth. So just because one child who has never had a cavity doesn't mean they're the best brusher or the best flosser, um, a lot of it is genetic, you know. So I have another son who they have what they call soft teeth. And so he has to use a different toothpaste because his teeth are soft. So he tends to get more cavities. And he, I would say, is probably the best brusher in my whole entire family. Um, So what made you say, I want to be a dentist? Well, I love children. I love hanging out with little kids, and I just love their company. So when I grew up, I started thinking, and I was like, well, I don't really want to be a babysitter, and I love brushing my teeth. And so then I was like, what if I'm a dentist for kids? And at first I didn't know what pediatric meant, and then my mom taught me what it meant. Then I was like, I'm going to be a pediatric dentist. So she holds her sisters down. Well, I, so when when they have loose tooth, right. teeth, and that's her older brother too. I'm going. It's not. I'm so sorry. I love you, but I cannot do it. Like I'm sorry, but Nina is happy to do that's it. That's like me and diapers. Uh, yes. <laughs> and my other, they get it. They're not going to make me. And then Nina says, "Lay down. Do this. Use the gauze. It's going to be okay. Just one second. She yanks their teeth out, and it's just the cutest thing. And I'm like, "Yeah, Nina, that's so." You are totally going to be a dentist. Like, you love it. You love being in their grill, pulling their teeth, helping them get their loose teeth out. Like, she loves it. So how was the dentist appointment this morning? It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Listen, I want to thank you and your mom. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Today, they actually came to the center. It was the first time at the center. And so they were able to take a tour. Um, And so I I really want to know, what did you think when you saw all of this? This is like... A dream come true to those kids because they get all of this awesome stuff that they probably have gotten for their first time. And it just brings a whole new light to their life. And it just really makes them happy, you know. Yeah, it does. It makes them happy. You know, the fact is, is that we are going to be having a packing party um, in your neck of the woods. Yes. That packing party is going to be happening in November. Is it November? November, yeah. Yep, yeah. in November. Yep. Um, we'll get more information about that, but I hope that you're going to be oh, there. Oh, we are there. In um, fact, we are helping again to promote it. Yes. I, I just got the call. Can you help promote this? And, and Rob is coming to the high school to speak. Rob is coming to our community to speak. Yes. So I will be putting that out there to our okay. communities to get okay. I want to come on the show, but again, oh, I want to come I'd on love- the show. We should come on the show and we should talk about it. I would and love we for should, you to. You know. Yes, and promote it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking for videographers right now to help us. I spoke with Julie, your good friend, your liaison over there, and she's saying, Elaine, we need to create beautiful clips you know that we can help promote this so i'm i'm trying to do the media for her so you know what make sure you reach out to tony bonetti our executive director and hopefully you'll meet him before you leave um i because we have lots of volunteers who are always saying hey we want to help do videos you know we want to be videographers yes um and so you know that that could really help go so i'm so excited that that you're going to be there so we're going to end this but i'd like to end this for you to do me and i hate to put you on the spot but can you sing a couple of bars of something yes, without any music or can you do it mm. you know that song, song you might what be the bomb that one which one whichever one you like anyone you want anyone you want should i do hallelujah yeah just a couple little notes do you want me to do the first verse sure Perfect. okay well i heard there was a secret card that David played and he pleased the Lord. 
But you don't really care for music, do ya? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor falls, the major lifts. The barefoot king composing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Is amazing. Thank listen, you, Nina. amazing. So listen, thank you both so much. Thank we you. We love so much. having you here at Fostering Change. Remember, we all have an opportunity to make change within our world, within our state, within our country. Um, I say this quite often. You know, um, your community is not your zip code; it is our human race. So thank you for coming from my beautiful state where I was born, Virginia, and coming over here. And I hope we see you again at our center. But I know. I'm going to see you at our packing, packing party. party. And again, wait. you know, thank you all so much. Fostering Change, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Deezer, TuneIn, and Spotify. Awesome. Until we all talk again, make a difference. Dana and I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. And check out the Fostering Change blog at ComfortCases.org. So everybody, we want to hear your stories. So reach out to us if you would like to be a guest on the podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Rob Shear, Instagram at Rob underscore Shear, and on Twitter at Rob Shear 6. And please share this podcast and leave us a review. Remember, we're all part of the same community. Your zip code, it's not your community, but it's our human race. Let's all make a difference.